escuchas ese rugido, sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Thanks so much for your company. I am Pius Kujubaka. This afternoon, government would borrow about 180 billion cities via treasury bills this year. That's according to Data Bank Research. Now, this would be 21% more than what it raised in 2023. Here's more in this report. Government is expected to raise more than 50% of the 61.9 billion cities budget deficit through treasury bills. This is along with estimated maturities of about 150 billion cities, a growth of 28% over that of last year. Indeed, treasury bills are said to remain the dominant driver of activity on the Ghana fixed income market. Analysts believe domestic investors could remain skewed towards shorter dated government of Ghana securities to manage risk exposure, blurring the hope for any bond issuance. Yields are expected to decline on a positive inflation outlook, but upside pressures will persist from the government's high demand for money market funding. Data Bank Research believes the momentum of yield decline will continue to face headwinds as the T-bill's forecast of 180 billion cities is substantial to keep upside pressures elevated. All right, so let's make sense out of this. And joining us via Zoom to do that is Associate Professor of Andrews at Andrews University, um, William Supra. Thanks so much, sir, for your time here at the Marketplace. Um, initially, what are your thoughts about government's appetite um, for borrowing from the capital market this year alone? It is expected to borrow about 180 billion cities via T-bills. Good afternoon to you and your viewers. Um, so, if you ask me, government um, appetite for, in borrowing from the money market, uh, which is a treasury bill in a short, that is borrowing within um, one year period. Um, we know that um, government of Ghana is shut out of the international market. Government cannot borrow more than one year. The avenues are blocked. So, these avenues that were available to Ghana, one was the bond market, which we know the challenges of the bond market. The bond market had two options, the domestic bond and then also the external um, bond market, the euro bond. So this market has been shut to Ghana. So the other avenue that is available to the government is to borrow domestically but from the money market, which is within a period of one year. Um, also, we know that the central bank, uh, based on the IMF, um, agreement cannot can no more monetize or finance government operations through printing of money. So government is in a very tight corner now, and this is the only um, available means for government to raise revenue. The other option is through taxation. So these are the forms where government can raise revenue. And um, the third, the, the fifth one maybe would be if government sells some of the existing assets to raise revenue. But we know that. Um, it will take a very long time for an asset of Ghana government to be, to be sold. So, in a short period, 
the treasury market or the money market is the available um, revenue sources aside taxation. And that is why we've seen that um, this has been the only approach that government is, is adopting. It was stated in the budget. Um, that is my, 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 my concern for now. Um, the rate of borrowing, um, we, we may have to find a strategy to go about it. Mm. And there's been this concern about the fact that um, why government isn't being innovative when it comes to revenue mobilization, for which reason uh, there wouldn't be the need for him, uh, for government, I should say, to go to uh, you know, the uh, money market to borrow. I mean, so if you understand how government raised the revenue, they were the options that I've mentioned. The, we have assets. Some of the assets are commodities that we have or maybe um, a, a business that the government can sell. Um, at the moment, the only one on the table is Airtel um, to go, but we know the, the performance of Airtel to go, there's no value in it, so government will not be able to raise revenue. Um, the other option is probably if the assets in terms of commodities that we have, oil, gold, diamond, are, are natural resources. Um, that is one other area. So, uh, because of these challenges, that is why government is opting for the treasury treasury market. Let me. Um, so, in 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 finance, um, so the major problem of our country is the exchange rate situation. So, if you're able to address the exchange rate situation, um, things will go on very well. One trick in be able to do this, uh, there's something we call carry trade. Carry trade is that um, when someone sees that there is a disparity between two countries' interest rates. Um, so we know that to be able to solve your exchange rate, um, that is when a country's currency is devaluing, you, you, the norm is that your interest rate will go high. And this will attract foreign investors to, to come into your country to invest. And then when they change their money back into their currency, they make some profit. So, seeing that the um, treasury bill rate is hovering around that 28-29%, um, it, it, it's, it's enticed foreign investors to come and buy government treasury bill. And so, that is another way of attracting foreign investors because we have been shut down, shut off of the euro bond market. So, you may see that um, our treasury bill market is increasing. We may have to really look at the mix how much of it is made up of money raised domestically and how much of it is coming because of external investors. These are the other um, figures probably the central bank may have to give to us. And this may point to what I'm talking about of the carry trade. Because our interest rate, there's this kind of interest rate disparity between Ghana and other countries. Foreign investors will want to invest in Ghana short-term securities, and probably that is why we've seen that it's increasing. Mm-hmm. In another, another breath, it's going to cause an increase in our interest payments anyway, but because we don't have any other sources to support our, our fundraising, this this is where we, we have to be. And and in fact, if we allow, we're able to manage our foreign investment very well, um, carry trade ensures um, equilibrium. So we we'll get to a point that um, this situation will be normalized. But it will take a very long time. It, it doesn't happen just within a year. Um, if, you, this, if this is approach that I know that the central bank is doing because that's why they kept the monetary policy rate 
at that high level as compared to the rate of inflation dropping. So mm. they just want to attract foreign investors by using this carry trade approach. Professor Williams, we are indeed grateful for your time this very moment for speaking to us here on the marketplace. And let's go to one of our headline stories we've lined up for you this very moment here on the marketplace. Um, the Association of Ghana Industries, AGI, um, has indicated it will not rule out any legal action to halt the implementation of the emission levy. Now, that's if government fails to back the implementation of the levy with scientific proof. Now, the concern is coming at a time government is struggling to implement the levy, which will impose 100 cities per ton carbon dioxide on industries. Dr. Humphrey Nimdake is president of the association and has been speaking on PM Express Business Edition. Seriously, for now, it hasn't taken off because uh, the practicing note from the Ministry of Finance is not yet out. Mm. So even though the uh, statement is out there on the factories, because you need to define a scientific way of measuring how the cement factories are doing the emission, how mm. the uh, chemical factories are doing the emission, mm. for which cost you could compute. Mm. In the case of the cars, they use the uh, capacity of each car, yeah, yeah. and therefore if you go, that can easily be computed. So that's of the factories have not taken off. Mm -hmm. uh, the practicing note is not yet out, and therefore there's no cause of alarm. Uh, members of our association and members uh, there out there, we're still engaging government, and we believe that we will engage. Uh, How is this engagement going to go? Because for some other interest groups, they are pushing some of these taxes to be stalled. How is this engagement going to go when you engage government on this? Because I will say that, listen, you're already burdened. These other tax measures is going to compound your situation. That's why I use the word. The practicing notes is the blueprint that mm. defines how this said emission will be mm. computed mm. and programmed onto the software mm. to the computer for purposes of yeah. uh, whichever way we'll look at it. And, and once it's it is not ready, yeah. well, 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 as long so as that's something that, that, that what will be the level of engagement to, we ensure, are engaging. That, to ensure that this tax maybe and, doesn't take off. And, and it's a science. It's not a matter of it being uh, uh, whether it's taking off. If you cannot justify it by a scientific measure, where your peers of other jurisdictions and of the same category will say your science of measuring your environmental emission within factories is standard. You cannot. If not, we take it to court and mm -hmm. test the law. So for now, as long as we don't have the practicing notes, respectfully, Honorable Minister, you know, we engage on all fronts with uh, the best of heart. Mm. The practicing note is not out in, until... You talked start. about the scientific nature of this. Of measuring of this. Yes. If that is not established, there's a legal route, an option for you to come Of course, because if it is not the case, and you use arbitrariness, all right, and therefore if a cement factory producing presumably 50,000 metric tons a month or a day, and another producing same about 30,000, how do you measure the emission and, the, and, and, and therefore compute it? It's science. You must justify it. Dr. Hindake, there in that interaction with my colleague George Yafi on PM Express Business Edition. But we've got to analyze what impact this would have on the economy. And let's bring in Professor Peter Kwate, who is the director of the Institute of Statistical, Social and Economic Research. And he joins us live here on the marketplace. And, sir, thanks so much for joining me on the marketplace. It appears government is in for a long haul in getting the buying of not only labor, but business community as well in getting these tax policies effectively executed. Yes, certainly. I mean, already the cost of doing business is high, and many firms are struggling to adjust to some of the new taxes and the new 
uh, additional costs that have been uh, imposed. So uh, any new tax certainly has to be justified because um, otherwise it becomes difficult to um, assimilate uh, such uh, cost in your or incorporate such cost in your operations. And and I think one other uh, point that government hasn't been very clear is what is going to use this money for. Oftentimes you use emission taxes uh, or pollution tax, etc., to change behavior, to affect lives. You know, you want a clean environment, you want to tax people so you can make things better. Now, where are we channeling this money into? Are we going to use it to perhaps even provide uh, charging points for electric vehicles? Are we going to use it to clean the environment? Are we going to use it to um, halt galamsey? I mean, some of these things have to be made clear. Are we going to use it to even improve the working conditions of um, AGI and, and all the business community? So I believe there's a lot more that ought to be done uh, in this. Yes, we all agree government needs to raise revenue because we need to show up our revenue GDP ratio. But let's continue. Let's not continue to overburden the already burdened taxpayer. There are other options by which you can raise revenue. Make the existing tax handles more efficient. We also have non-tax revenue. There are state-owned enterprises that are supposed to provide de declared dividends for government. Uh, some are not efficient, and they are rather making losses and drawing on the kitty. So these are all things that one has to look into. And of course, government also cutting down its expenditure, looking at some areas where it needs to have value for money. Ideally, it was expected that at least there should have been an extensive engagement, probably to this introduction of these taxes. But it seems government failed to do that. That's the agitation uh, from labor and businesses, as we see now. Do you also get that? Well, I, I get that. I think E-Levy, some of these things, you, you need to engage. Uh, apart from engaging, uh, undertake some background research, uh, you know, assess the tax the acceptance of the such tax measures. You know, you can sample uh, some Ghanaians and find out how this will work sample the key stakeholders, trying to have this will work, and then engage some of the key stakeholders as well, you know, AGI and all that. Then you have a sense of how this is going to work and how, and its acceptability. But if you don't, and you, you, you know, you just throw in such new taxes, it will receive resistance. You saw the E-Levy, we saw VAT, we've seen other forms of taxes that have received a lot of resistance. Even the debt exchange program, we saw what we went through, very painful exercise with a lot of agitations, unrest, uh, picketing. I, I think we need to move away from this uh, quick fix approach. Rather, let's have some background research, engage key stakeholders in good time. Then we cannot accept. We believe we want to pay taxes. We are citizens and we know our civic responsibilities. Professor Kwate, what's going to be the impact of this on the economy? Already, we know that a 15% uh, VAT on electricity consumption is projected to rake in about 500 million cities. So if that's happened, that uh, government, uh, you know, scraps the uh, levies, what is going to be the impact on the economy? Well, certainly government uh, uh, revenue is going to decline. But I think as, as government, you also have to be innovative. Look at other areas where you can make up for the shortfall. Um, if you need to uh, cut down some spending, uh, some areas that are not very critical, you do so. If there are some areas that I think uh, you need to seal some holes or, uh, you know, leakages, you do so. If there are some new areas where you can raise revenue without burdening 
there's this in tax payers, you do so. So there are different options available to government. Uh, in as much as its tax revenue uh, is going to decline, it could make up for the shortfall easily by, by looking at other areas. Very well. I've always spoken about procurement audit. If we do procurement audit, we will save a lot of money. Look at PIAC. Look at the waste that, that uh, you know, the leakages, the waste that is being reported every now and then. Regular audits, procurement audits, we'll see a lot of loopholes and we're likely to save a lot of money without having to tax existing uh, taxpayers. Thank you very much, Professor Peter Quote, Director of ESA, speaking to us there. Let's move away from that. And the Minister of State at the Ministry of Finance, Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam, has stated that the current macroeconomic indicators confirms government's commitment towards restoring the economy to recovery path despite its associated challenges. According to him, the decline in inflation relative stability of the city and an overall growth rate of 2.8% are signs of economic recovery. Speaking at a thought leadership conference organized by GCB Bank, Mr. Amin Adam said government would continue to play its part through the restoration of macro stability and growth. Here's more in this report. CB Platinum Thought Leadership Conference brought together bankers and experts from the fields of finance and economics. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. To share perspectives and deliberate on topics relevant to the development of the financial services sector and the national economy. Speaking at the ceremony, Minister of State at the Ministry of Finance, Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam said, government would continue to offer a more equitable and conducive environment for business operations and growth. Ladies and gentlemen, today the sacrifices and the commitment of government and Ghanaians have started yielding the expected economic returns. The economic indicators today demonstrate that indeed Ghana has turned the corner. Decline in inflation to 23.2% in December 2023 from a high of 54.2% in December 2022. Relative strong performance of the Ghana city, which reported a marginal depreciation of 7.2% between February and December 2023. In fact, in Ghana, 7.2% depreciation is a marginal depreciation. And if you compare this with the same period in 2022, you are talking about almost 30% depreciation. Governor of the Bank of Ghana, Dr. Ness Addison, said, from customized financial solutions to stellar customer service, GCB had consistently exceeded expectations in meeting the diverse needs of its clients. From customized financial solutions to stellar customer service, GCB has consistently exceeded expectations in meeting the diverse needs of its clients, be it assisting individuals to achieving their financial goals or aiding corporates in realizing their visions, the bank has demonstrated a steadfast dedication to its customers. On his part, Managing Director of GCB Bank PLC, Kofi Adumako, stated that the bank's focus on digital transformation, customer experience, and ESG 
would spearhead its growth as a bank. And the level of the depth of discussion, uh, particularly around the digitization agenda, uh, particularly around lack of finance to agriculture, particularly around the role of banks and the intervention, the level of financial inclusion, but very key is the digital agenda. Uh, it, it, it reflects how banking has been disrupted, significantly disrupted, the way we have to work with fintechs today and what banks are going to look like into the future. Uh, the banks who will survive will be the banks who have made the right investments in technology and have listened to customers and come up with solutions. The conference was on the theme 70 years of providing unrivaled financial solutions towards the socio-economic development of Ghana. The Minister of Trade and Industry, Katie Hammond, has disclosed that government will reintroduce the restrictions bill to Parliament in due time. According to him, the legislative instrument which faced opposition from traders and importers and some subsequently redrawn has not been abandoned. He assured that the bill will return to Parliament to ensure that the regional purpose of the law to protect local manufacturers from the influx of cheap products um, are halted. In the end, I was actually going to lay. I would have laid it. A few things transpired. Um, uh, we, we, we would explain. It's not public yet. Uh, a few things came up, and uh, so it's actually been held in abeyance. But I've not aborted it. Doc, I assure you. I think it's very important that we get some of this LI going through, so that we ensure that this thing is cut to the to the to the bone, to the to the marrow. Why do we allow foreigners to saturate our, our market with almost anything conceivable? I don't particularly buy into that. I have a mission to make sure that in the fullness of time, Ghana is able to develop from its own internal base. Um, we talk about Malaysia. We'll talk about those other company, countries who all come to hear about. But if they didn't take a, a, well, decisions, they didn't take uh, measures, deliberate measures, to ensure that the economies were developed, they won't be who they are now. And why is it that Ghana would continue from the days of uh, Gorgisberg, I call it the Gorgisberg economy? Why would we continue to do the gorgeous back thing when we are talking about massive uh, industrial transformation and uh, uh, proper uh, economic development? You don't do that when the everything is important. I'm talking about a rise. Time now for showbiz. And on Thursday, the Fowler Museum at the University of California repatriated seven royal artifacts of the Asante Kingdom. When the museum initiated the move to commensurate um, 150 years since four of the items were looted by the British. Now, this action aligns with the tomb forthright to the second Silver Jubilee anniversary on the Asante throne. Now, the repatriation done without conditions follows similar actions by the British Museum and the Victoria and Albert Museum in London, which agreed to loan their stolen gold and silver treasures in their collections back to the Asante Kingdom in a six-year deal. Upon taking delivery of the items yesterday, Otunfo said to the second, said that this has brought back the spirit and soul of the Ashanti kingdom. But beyond this, is there any commercial value? Culture journalist with MyJoyOnline.com, Kenneth Awachidako, has more on today's edition of Showbiz. Imagine the very uncomfortable memory of having over 4,000 members of the military belonging to the Ashanti kingdom losing their lives in a raid that they did not trigger and then having the items now being brought back. These are two 
very distinct feelings that the people of the Ashanti region had to grapple with um, yesterday. So having the items returned for the first time since 1874 um, during the Sagranti War uh, is basically very significant and kind of justifies the mixed feeling that was being felt at the Mensha Palace on Thursday. So for what is worth, the Asante Henry Wotun says, it is a very important step in restoring the spirit and soul of the kingdom. Now this is very fundamental because this kind of restoration could take various shapes and it ranges from spiritual, it could be cultural and it could be economic as well. So these implications basically um, are good depending on the steps that are taking going forward after securing these items. Now on the cultural front alone, there is a potential of tourism which cannot be overlooked because it is a whole industry on its own that basically revolves around collection, restoration, and exhibition of items that hold very symbolic purposes. Now, with all this said, take into account the fact that uh, the global museum's market is expected to hit a staggering $17 billion by the year 2029. Now, this is a sharp rise from a 2022 figure, which was $7 billion. Now, this expansion is also expected to continue during the forecast period between 2024 and 2029, with a compound annual growth rate of 13.24%. So with all this being said, it is basically clear that beyond the restoring the soul and spirit of the kingdom, as the second has intimated, it will also go a long way to contribute to the Kenneth Awachi Dakon to this edition of Showbiz. Ending the marketplace, I am Pios Kujubaka. For more stories, myjoyonline.com is there for you. Forward slash business. Do visit that portal. See you next week. Bye-bye. Escuchas ese rugido. ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.